Hi, I'm Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. I'm also the podcast host of Invest in Her and an award-winning producer, author, and TEDx speaker. Our show, Invest in Her, features phenomenal female founders and funders. As you know, women receive less than 2% of venture capital funding. Our series is about accelerating the funding of women by connecting them to funding resources. Let's meet today's guest. She's recognized by Entrepreneur Magazine as one of the top 100 most powerful women in the country. She has graced the cover of Forbes Magazine, and she is the co-founder of SoGal Ventures. I'd like to welcome to the show, Pocket Sun. Hi, Pocket. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine, for inviting me. Oh, my God. I'm so happy to have you in L.A. <laughs> we are shooting a film together that's going to be coming out soon that is amazing about your incredible story and that of some other women that are founders and funders. Um, so, you know, now that I have you here in L.A., I want to, you know, tell the audience, you know, about your incredible journey of being born in China and then coming to the United States to become one of the 100 most powerful women in the country. <laughs> I mean, OK, like this is this when is something people want to know. It, it sounds yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is always weird to hear a recap of our accomplishments, right? Especially yeah, at 30 so. years old. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm allowed to give your age away, right? Yes. OK, okay <laughs> good. That's so good we're the same age. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so, uh, no, really, what's the journey like from uh, being born, growing up in China, and coming to the United States uh, to come here for, for college? Like, what was that transition, and how did it impact what you do today? Yeah, so now that I look back on it, I think it was really the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. Because being, you know, a newcomer to a foreign country and not speaking the language as your first language and having to really, you know, jump into very intense, heavy coursework that, you know, I just had no exposure to previously, that was a huge challenge. So an, an example to illustrate that is before I came to the U.S. Uh, in high school in China, I was asked to write 250 words about what I did after school. And that was all you needed to write. And then and wait, what did you write in that? What did um, you say? Well, we didn't really have much <laughs> extracurricular activities. So you oh. just make things up. Oh, um, okay. But then two months later, I'm here in the US and I am like in this, you know, freshman seminar class, which requires me to write a 10 to 20 page essay on women spies during World War II. Wow, so that had to be was, fascinating. It was quite a jump and yeah. very challenging. Yeah, so after Women Marry, you went to USC and got your master's, right? Yes, um, and not linear that way. I worked in Chicago for a year or so um, and was trying to find you know, where suits me. And in the middle of that, my H-1B visa, the work visa as an international student that I had to get, I didn't pass the lottery for it. Um, and 48% of people who applied for this visa and qualified for this visa didn't pass the lottery. Wow. But back then I didn't plan for that scenario and I was facing this tough decision. Do I go back to China in, you know, when I just had started my new job a few months ago 
or do I go to grad school to stay in the U.S.? Oh, so that's why you went to grad school. Yes, it was and not And what a blessing planned. it turned out to be. I know. I oh always gosh, say that, that changed the whole trajectory of your life. Yeah, I'm an accidental venture capitalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, so why did you become uh, involved in the venture capital world? Like, especially in your 20s like you know most people you know venture into that no pun intended uh, later in life um, but at 23 years old what was the catalyst to you deciding uh, I think I can start a venture capital fund that usually <laughs> is done by all you know older white men like hello what, what, what was the it was you know, crazy yeah but entrepreneurship is magical. Once your brain opens up to new possibilities, anything could happen. I agree. So before I came to USC, I had just learned about venture capital. Um, and it was the first time in my life that I heard about this word venture capital. And entrepreneurship was also a new concept to me before I came to LA. And I thought I was just going to be in L.A. for a year, finish the master's program and go back to Chicago and, you know, work at a corporate because my passion was really in consumer brands and, you know, what are the brands that could change the culture of the next generation. So I came here to L.A. I enrolled in this entrepreneurship program at SC and very quickly realized, holy moly, I love entrepreneurship. This yeah. is so cool. Yeah, this is such a, a direct way to create an impact. So I thought, wow, I never wanted to go back to my corporate world again. Um, I relate to all of this. I think most <laughs> entrepreneurs do. Once you've had that taste of entrepreneurship, yeah, you, yeah, you really don't want to go back to corporate America. Yeah. So very quickly, I was immersing yeah. myself in the world of entrepreneurship and started a community on, uh, on campus. Uh, and that was the origin of SoGal because I didn't find other women at these you know, startup events and especially not young women, especially not women of color. I just felt constantly, you know, kind of isolated and alone in the startup ecosystem. Yeah. And that was a new problem to me. And I decided to, you know, try to solve it on my own. And at the same time, I can help other people who might encounter similar issues. So there you go. Like, so yeah, I was born as a community to support, you know, um, other women, um, tech entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And it quickly grew. We found product market fit, and the community was growing. We hosted large events, and in that process, I realized, wow, like all these women entrepreneurs needed money. Yeah, <laughs> they all needed capital to grow their business, and if they don't have it, they are at such a disadvantage mm -hmm. that you know they have much less of a chance to become a billion-dollar company, to go public, right? To become, you know. Um, a, a positive role model for you know VCs when they think about oh who am I going to fund next right and they have difficulty establishing this pattern recognition for women because they have no recollection of you know who are the women CEOs that took a company public right so and and there weren't many because they didn't have that opportunity exactly and, you know uh, I just did a TED talk on this about people tend to identify, uh, uh, invest in people they identify with. So when it's all white men at the table making the investment decisions, that's who they invest in, which is why women get less than 2% of venture capital funding, right? Yes. So you're having this epiphany, I take it, and thinking, what can I do to help fix this? 
Yeah. yeah. And I realized that there were so many biases in this whole process mm -hmm. because investors kind of, you know, take pride in pattern recognition and also in, you know, how it's based on past experience and how um, they're investing in the latest innovation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But they just ignore the fact that women have been, you know, crippled from the beginning. Yeah. And now we're running the race and you know, people who have been privileged are saying, oh, look at women running slower. <laughs> yeah. So we should not invest in them. And right. we should just, you know, and let hello, them go to the side. And hello, they've been doing amazing things without capital. Imagine what they could do with capital, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think it's amazing to think about how far women have come um, just in the past 40, 50 years. Because if you think about it, really only 40, 50 years ago, women mm -hmm. started to fully participate in the workplace. Right, right. They were finally allowed, allowed to, to participate exactly. in the workplace. And so look at and where women right. have gone. In such a short amount of time, they've done amazing things. Yes. And if, you know, since 50% of the population is women, that's 50% of the brain power and innovations, we need to get 50% of the funding, right? Yeah. So recognizing this problem, you decide you're gonna start a fund at 20 something years old. I mean, this is crazy. You know it's crazy, right? I mean, yes. it's crazy amazing is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm well aware yeah. how crazy it was. <laughs> um, yeah, so I saw it as an entrepreneur that I wanted to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. And starting a VC fund was the most direct solution I could see at the time. So um, I met my business partner, Elizabeth Galbert, who is amazing and incredible. We met in May 2015 uh, when the idea of venture capital was, you know, really in my head. And I met her. It was really the right time. She was also yeah. graduating from Johns Hopkins, and she had very similar experience seeing how, you know, entrepreneurs of Baltimore were not mm -hmm. getting any attention that they deserve. So she always says, uh, she always jokes that it's Stanford talent at Baltimore prices. And that's the reality that we were facing. How do we, yeah. you know, fix the mismatch that we were seeing? Right. Um, amazing talent out of Silicon Valley, solving problems that very few investors had interest in or paid attention to at the time. So we decided to do it on our own. And started brainstorming how can we start a VC fund. That is incredible, because that's no easy thing. And what's really interesting, and the reason that we're um, wanting to tell your story and in the film and today, is because it's just kind of starting to percolate that more and more women are starting their own funds yes. as a way to solve this problem. Yes. And most of them, like you, are focused on underserved communities that haven't been getting funding. Women, LGBTQ, uh, people of color, you know, and I love that you focus on that. Um, so how did you start this fund? I mean, like, that's the million dollar question I know everybody listening wants to know. Like, what was your first step? Like, who, you know, how did you get your first investor when you had no track record and you're 23 years old? Yes, we knew that we had to do things differently, um, but we also had really high conviction in this thesis. Mm -hmm. Our vision was that the rising of the rest of us, including women, of course, is the largest investment opportunity of my lifetime. Absolutely. So 
but at the time, no one saw it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and gender was not something that was really talked about in the venture space. But and obviously, you were good at conveying that to potential investors. We realized that we had to. This yeah. market education, this advocacy, this you know, being the pioneer, being outspoken, waving the flag, we had to do all of that. Because yeah. we started in 2015. It was three years before Me Too. It was you know, before all this conversation about gender lens investing, impact investing, ESG. Um, emerged. Yeah. So no, you were one of the first. Yeah. 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 So we knew that you know we're onto something very different. Yeah. But of course, we had this period of really doubting ourselves, feeling, oh my God, like the biggest imposter syndrome you could imagine. Right? I think every entrepreneur goes through that, whether yeah. they admit it or not. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we went. I mean, through I it. could see why you would go through that at twenty-something, never having raised a fund. Yeah, a lot deciding of Deciding you needed to <laughs> trailblaze here. Yeah. Um, but right. you, you know, you know, went forward and. And uh, how much was your first fund? So we decided to raise 15. We thought mm -hmm. it was a good size and it was already- yeah, 15 million folks, 15. Yes, it 15 was is 15 million. <laughs> already yeah. an astronomical number for us at the time, but we just decided, okay, like yeah. this is how much it will take for us to carry out the strategy that we created. Mm -hmm. And of course we had to start somewhere. So yeah. when we decided we we're gonna start a VC fund, um, I started making very tidy investments on AngelList. My first investment, I still remember, it was an AI company founded by a black founder, um, and I invested $1,000. Okay, that's a start. <laughs> yes. No, I like that because our listeners need to know they too could start the same exactly, way exactly. with a $1,000 investment. Sure. Yeah, and then I started to do you know, 2000 3000 from my own savings, and my business partner, Elizabeth, started a fund for Johns Hopkins University, which mm. was the reason why she went to the program where we met. So she started that fund by cold calling all the Johns Hopkins alumni who um, are doing anything related to finance or tech or entrepreneurship. So that was our experiment. Yeah. We were kind of learning together in that process, although I was not directly involved in that fund. She was able to, you know, learn the whole process from fundraising to fund administration to the legal documents uh, around setting up a fund, sure. the accounting and tax of it, the selection, the due diligence, the negotiations of the terms, all of it. So we were learning very, very quickly together and we were like sponges, you know, yeah. trying to absorb every piece of information. But it was really tough because there was a lot of information on the internet about how to start a startup at the time, but there was nothing about how to start a VC fund. Right. And things have changed, luckily. Right. You need to do an e-course on that. <laughs> Seriously. We are teaching. Good, we are teaching good. women to become angel investors and startup investors, and that's really meaningful work for us. But at the time, what we did was we hacked our way into venture capital. We were you know, really spreading the word about investing in women is the largest opportunity and why we believe in it and why we decided to do it. And we really thought, you know, no one else is doing this. Right. So we might as well give it a shot and right. see where, you know, how far we could go with it. I know yesterday you said to me, you thought, if not us, 
then who? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If not now, then yeah. when? Yeah. So that was the ethos. Yeah. Um, Somebody had to break that barrier. Yeah. And another thing. And we all did, the uh, white men there had the VC funds, which is 98% of them, I'm sure, poo pooed you and said, oh, this can't be yes, done, right? Yes, they did. Of they course did. they did. Yeah. Um, but you showed them. You guys have gone on to be super successful. Uh, you know, a lot of times these male-oriented funds, they're lucky if they get, you know, one unicorn, which is a billion-dollar company, right? Uh, but you actually, you all have invested in many fun, uh, many companies and have hit five unicorns, five that are going to be unicorns or have been unicorns. Yeah, so yeah. in the past seven years, Elizabeth and I started from zero, to now we have invested in over 150 startups and wow. we have also invested with very small checks into some diverse led funds as well yeah. to pay it forward and um, we have invested in north america in africa in asia in europe in like every place you can think of and we have um, been very lucky like our fund one yeah. has two billion dollar plus companies already, another wow. one in the making. In your fund one. In my fund one, Two yes. billion dollar companies have yes. come out of that. Yes. That, that is incredible. Yeah. Bravo. So these... No wonder you're one of the hot top 100 most powerful women in the country. <laughs> I mean, that that is incredible. Um, yeah, they saw our You know, potential. you've done more in seven <laughs> years than most people have in a lifetime. So talk about an inspiration. We did squeeze a lot of that into a very short period of time because we knew we had to learn. We didn't yes. have a track record. Yeah. We didn't have you know the traditional credentials that people were looking for. Right. So we knew that we just had to give it our 500% of yeah. effort. Yeah. Uh, who in the venture capital world is your hero? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I'd say when we started, there were not many women before us, but I really want to give a shout out to Anu at Female Founders Fund. She started the fund before we did, and she was a great inspiration. Um, and her fund has gone out to do so well. We've done some co-investments. I respect her a whole lot. Um, and I think you know it was really bold and powerful what she was able to do. And we started SoGal you know, kind of, it was really comforting to know that Anu has done this. Yes. And, you know, it could be done. We could do this. Yeah. Um, and now you've inspired other women to look yeah. at you and say, well, you know, Pocket Sun and Elizabeth did this. I can do it too. Exactly. It really, it really is about that, seeing someone else actually actualize it mm -hmm. and then say, well, if they can do it, so can I. Yeah. Uh, goes for entrepreneurship too, right? Yeah. They raised $2 million. They raised $5 million. They raised $15 million. I can too. Yeah. It's you know? all about, you know, seeing and believing. Yeah. And, and that's why we tell these stories every week. You know, I either have on funders or founders of uh, funds mm -hmm. or entrepreneurs looking for funding because it's all about connecting uh, women with each other so that we support each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I want to talk about how we got our first group of investors because yes. I think that's worth talking about. Absolutely. Our fundraising journey was not easy and we knew it wasn't going to be easy. But it really took us about four years to raise our first fund. Um, and we're the kind of people that just don't give up. <laughs> there yeah. were times when things got really, really tough and we had to tr constantly lift each other up. And it's so yeah. lucky that we have each other when we grew so much together. 
Um, but in that process, many, many times yeah. we're like, can we really do this? But you know what? what? You made yeah. it look so easy. People don't realize it took four years. But then really, four years is not a lot of time to raise $15 million. <laughs> you know, I hear women every day I'm on the phone with, you know, I've raised $20 million, I raised $30 million. And I say, oh, my God, that's incredible. And they say, oh, but it took me 10 years. I'm like, yeah, but you did it. <laughs> you know, and that's why I say to you, you did yeah. it. And now you're raising a hundred million dollar fund am i right yeah 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 hello yeah so everyone's like that's crazy too much of a jump but we know ourselves whatever we set out to do we're gonna do it even if it's hard even if it takes a little longer than expected yeah so and yeah. that's the mindset it takes yeah uh, i can do this i know i can do it you know for my listeners you know Listen to what Pocket's saying. It's it's what you say and what you think and what you believe that's going to actually manifest. It's that mm. powerful. We believe right? that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in the whole process, we were able to meet so many amazing LPs that joined us. So LPs are investors in funds like right. ours. Right. Limited partners. And what what makes us really proud is we went the unconventional route. We raised money from 98, 99 investors in fund one so almost because the max is to a, a hundred, hundred right? yeah. exactly so we really you know pushed our limits yeah. and we made it our mission to you know make money for the right people we want to make generational wealth for the people that we think you know need that and right. deserve that but so didn't underserved have access. communities underserved communities women lgbtq yeah. people of color you know bipoc yeah. the, you want to help create generational wealth for them mm -hmm. and you know i know we were talking about this yesterday that uh, so many people in those categories um, have never been exposed to yes. investing in venture capital. They don't know what an incredible and amazing world it is. You know, just yesterday we had some people sit in on our shoot and say, wow, I didn't even know this existed. Like, mm -hmm. this gives me hope with all the challenging things going on in the world. Yeah. There is hope because there's so many women and people in these underserved communities with such incredible innovations that are gonna impact the world in a positive way that it gives us hope, right? Yeah, my mission and, is really to help women and underserved populations to own a bigger part of the next big thing. And that comes from you know you starting the next big thing, yes. or you joining the next big thing very early on as an employee, and you can earn equity from that, yes. or you can become an angel investor, or a VC, or an LP, so that yeah. you get ownership into some of these cutting edge new companies. Right. It could be that you use your expertise as an advisor and earn some equity through that, um, with your knowledge, um, and but you know any anything um you have to own equity right and something that people don't teach you at school is no one gets rich by a salary right it's all about investing it's all about diversification it's about having something in your portfolio that creates really high returning top line returns for you right and passive income yeah so that you can have the freedom you can have the autonomy at the time that you want it. Right, um, and the more money you make in something like that, the more you can give back to your own community to help build up other entrepreneurs, right? So a lot of times people are risk adverse if they've not grown up with this way of thinking, especially mm. women. Uh, and so, you know, they go into safe stocks and bonds and real estate, and they're never gonna get super rich in that either. Mm. But a lot of people, a lot of women and, and people in the underserved communities uh, 
are not aware, literally with the film, we're trying to pull the curtain back and say, hey, there's this whole incredible investment world. It's mm. very exciting. Yeah. You can step in and hear from all the entrepreneurs that are coming up with ideas if you're not one of those people yourself that have an idea, right? Yeah. You can invest in the people that do have the amazing ideas that are game changing and actually financially benefit from it. So you're doing two great things at once. Yeah, there's a huge opportunity here because wealthy people expect an overall return of about 16 to 18% year over year. And this is their entire portfolio from stocks to bonds to real estate to, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most people, their, their highest returning asset in their portfolio is about 16 to 18%. And maybe they don't even find that. Right. So you have to think about what drives that, you know, 16 to 18% year over year as an overall portfolio. That's when you have something that returns, you know, 30%, 70%, 100% right. year over year that helps drive up that overall return of your portfolio, right? And right. that is mostly in alternative assets. Right. So, and mostly it's men that are swimming in that pool. Mm -hmm. They know about <laughs> venture capital. Yeah. They're making a lot of money. Um, you know, they have that education about it. That's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to educate more women, more LGBTQ, more people of color, that there is this opportunity that you are unaware of. Yeah. Go to the local angel group and educate yourself. Look up SoGal Ventures and go to their events and learn about it. Yeah, There's we have an angel investing training program called right. Vampire by SoGal. That's but awesome. What we realized in the process is 14 million households in the U.S. qualify as accredited investors, mm -hmm. but only about 300K of them are actually doing startup investing. Yeah. So all of these people, you know, they're qualified to do it, but they don't know that they could or they don't know how to get started. Right. So I always say that I want there to be, you know, thousands more funds like SoGal because we're not competing. Like there's right. plenty and plenty of investors out right. there that could benefit from this asset class. And yes, we're doing great. We, our performance is awesome. Of course, we're biased. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's really a huge opportunity for more and more people to get involved yes. to fuel the next generation of innovation, technology, and make sure that it's more inclusive and benefits you know all of us and not just a small group of people. Right. It's a very exciting world to delve into. And uh, I've been very fortunate to be introduced to people like you and the entrepreneurs in that sphere. I talk to them every day. I'm amazed at them every day. It brightens my day every day to talk to them because they're so brilliant and have such incredible ideas. I know, I know you must love that part of it too. Yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, you know, uh, and so many of the founders I encounter, they're like, uh, pocket sun, you're like the rising sun. It's like, they wanna get through to you. I can't imagine what your inbox must look like. I mean, <laughs> everybody wants to talk to you, but you're right, it's really great that so many more female founded funds are popping up, following in your footsteps, I'm glad there's an acceleration of them because, you know, one person can't handle them all. Yeah. But um, how do you handle that? Like, you know, everybody wants to talk to you. Like, what? what is, I mean, there must be an upside and downside of the success that you have having this successful venture capital fund. Like, everyone wants to talk to you. How do you handle that? Oh, well, so I think in the early years, we were super 
you know, fortunate that, you know, we were the first ones that really was like, you know, banging on the table, like invest in women, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So we got so many press and, you know, media opportunities early yeah. on, which hello, really, the cover of Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally an unexpected accident, but mm -hmm. really helped us uh, in the early days to establish our, you know, credibility when we yeah. didn't have it. So I'd say, you know, that helped us get a lot of attention, establish the brand, which, you know, over time becomes more and more of a competitive moat because investors, you know, know about SoGal. They come mm -hmm. to us. They've come to our events. They've mm -hmm. been on our newsletter for years. They, they, they have this goodwill towards us, which is really precious. Mm -hmm. um, and we have been very lucky to, you know, we, we only invest in less than 0.1% of the deals that come through. Right. Um, and we do a lot of you know, um, I guess for 99% of the deals that come through, we pass right away. Right, and um, why is that? Like, what is it that those 100 deals come in and, and you see the one gem? What is it that sets it apart? Mm. So each fund has their own thesis, right? right? We have to stay very disciplined on how we deploy our capital as we promised to our LPs. So at SoGao, we invest in pre-seed and seed mainly, and there's you know a certain range of check size that we're able to write with fund two that'll be one to three million in the uh, in the first check so we will be able to lead rounds um pretty comfortably um and we invest in the future of living working and staying healthy we invest in things that could change culture you know shape the society and really impact the next generation so we're really you know, passionate about the younger generation, the Gen Zs, the, the young millennials of the world, because they represent the hope, they represent change, they Absolutely. represent, you know, a new way of where our world would be going. And I think they are really socially conscious, they're politically, you know, awoke, and they, they're pushing for change, and I see hope in them. So I want to invest in companies that could really serve them, that could make change for them, that could you know, improve their quality of life yeah. and make things more inclusive. So we say that we invest in the next generation billion dollar businesses that unapologetically benefit people, society, and the planet. I love that. And So you get 100 in and a lot of them don't even align with your thesis, right? Even though you say, yes. this is our thesis, <laughs> they ignore that, hoping on a wing and a prayer that you're going to look at it, even though it has something to do with nothing that you invest in, right? Oh, yeah, I, I know there's gotta that. be a percentage of those. <laughs> uh, but uh, you get in 100, is it so exciting when out of that, let's say 100 that come in, you see that one gem that's the perfect fit, the perfect founder, it must be so exciting when you see that little diamond in the rough and you're like, that's the one. I mean, mm. you must get really excited when you see that one. Yes. I think this excitement is like our adrenaline. Yes. <laughs> it keeps yes. us going. Yeah. And and we like being the first investor. Yeah. We like, you know, being the earliest investor yeah. that is high conviction. What's the really last one believe. that you found that was like that, that you said we're gonna invest in? Mm. Just remember um, the last so, one. So recently we did this company called Indie Wild. Oh, and yes. it's a company that creates, um, that combines clean chemistry and Ayurvedic 
um, rituals that have been around for thousands of years, similar to traditional Chinese medicine. Right. So like, um, immediately I, I get it. I'm like, oh yeah, I could see how you know this combination could be such an interesting innovation for the younger like South Asian descent women. Right. Um, and so when we saw it, we just you know felt that you know this is incredible. They had a amazing launch metrics and they were able to launch in three countries <laughs> within the first three weeks of their launch which is you know no easy thing to do wow um and we love companies that are global first meaning yeah. oh. you know you're not just focusing on one market but you your eyes are open you wow. build a global team you have a global you know business and you want to expand outside of one geography so we were excited by companies like that and we're also very interested in companies that you know are design driven and that means companies that really design for the demographic they are going after. So Indie Wild is really designing for the modern Desi women who, you know, feel this lineage to her culture and her heritage, but at the same time want something that's, you know, modern, scientific, clean, and, you know, represents her and the whole her. Um, so I felt, you know, Indie Wild really hits that pain point um, and can create just this powerful brand that represent a new demographic that is on the rise and underrepresented. And my guess is she'd have a hard time pitching a panel of all old white men. I mean, I don't think they would get that like you get it, you know, <laughs> and I think that's one of the cool things about why you're so good at picking what's the next big thing is like you said, you had that uh, background of uh, recognizing brands that you're uh, millennials and Gen Zs and you know uh, younger people would be interested in. See, I don't even know the names of them, but that's how <laughs> old I am. But uh, but you know that the younger people would be interested in purchasing or using or mm -hmm. be excited about. And I think you know that's the cool thing about people your age uh, starting their own funds and uh, investing those funds in things that you know mm. people your age are going to be interested in. Yes. There's, that's, that's a, that's a plus. And we're not so arrogant to think that we know what the next generation like, the two of us, Elizabeth and I. So we are really, you know, from day one, we have this community powered approach and we love companies that have the similar approach because there's so much, you know, rich, knowledge and insight from your community. Right. So like Indie Wild, for example, it says co-founded by you because from day one, they've been you know, doing these focus groups with the community members um, that follow Deepa, the founder, um, and you know, co-create this products with your community, right? right? And for us as a fund, we really look to our community of, you know, the SoGal community is now just on our email list, almost 130,000 women strong worldwide. Wow. wow. And we have like 50 chapters around the world. And so when you invest in something, you have this huge exactly. community of people that will buy these products or use these services. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we listen to them and try to figure out, you know, what are their pain points? Right, right. What is their life like? What is missing there? Yeah. And so we really look for, you know, what are the cutting edge science, research, and, you know, previously institutional grade experience and like how could how could we consumerize that and provide it yeah. and make it more accessible for the younger generation and so i want to mention that we also do really hardcore health tech investments yeah. because my partner elizabeth has incredible expertise in that field yeah. she's really the the best like the best hidden secret in the u.s healthcare investment 
Um, so we've been able to invest in incredible healthcare companies, mm. um, digital healthcare companies. Right, that and that'll really, be good for the boomers too. Yeah, that really bring um, you know a very savvy, yeah. you know, future-proof healthcare experience um, at a, at your convenience and right. affordable and you know accessible. Oh, we need that. Um, yeah, and we also do future of work, um, mm-hmm. which is you know how would the younger generation be working, and so yeah. the creative yeah. economy, the you know um, the fact that people are all you know doing different things at the same time. They're all working remotely. As a team, Elizabeth and I have been working remotely from day one in 2015. Yeah. Uh, and oh, people wow. used to be like, no way, you're in Singapore, she's in New York, how does yeah. that even work? And now everyone gets it. But we yeah. kind of, you know, we're ahead of our time. In so many well. ways, <laughs> in so many ways. So if our listeners would like to be part of SoGal community, um, how would they do that? Um, so I would really encourage accredited investors to learn about startups. Yes. And there are multiple ways to do it. Um, you could, you know, the easiest way is to get on the newsletter of SoGao and just understand, you know, what are the, you know, what are the events out there? What is the right. information out there? Read about it and start, you know, getting exposure to this world. Right. Um, and we also have this in- incredible angel investing curriculum that Elizabeth and I created. And we've been able to train um, 160 women now wow. through that program Bravo. Um, to really teach them the nitty gritty, every single aspect of angel investing, startup investing. So if you're interested in VC, you could also really benefit from that. And if you're a founder, it's also super helpful to understand, you know, how investors think behind the curtains. Right. And then. So what do you have for them? Can they come to the events or how do the founders participate? So this is an online curriculum. So people can sign up and become an annual member. So just SoGalVentures.com? So it's actually Fempire.IamSoGal.com. Oh, okay. So we created this program to make it super um, uh, accessible to people. So yes. our price of $500 a year as a donation is actually probably the cheapest in the market. So the Fempire community is c- connected to SoGal. Yes, so um, uh, so the Fempire community also co-invests with us. Oh. Um, so we've been doing 15 SPVs in the past year and a half. Wow, um, special purpose vehicles. Yes. I know a lot of times we throw <laughs> around these acronyms and yes. the listeners don't know what Thanks it means. Thanks for, yeah. for that. Um, yeah, so we enable our angels and our LPs to invest together in you know diverse-led startups. Um, and of course, there's also our fund. I can't publicly advertise our fund, right? But you know, we really encourage people who are interested in supporting women, supporting diversity, supporting you know, and also adding a high returning asset to your yes. portfolio. Get to know venture capital. Um, yes. It doesn't have to be the SoGal fund. Like there are so many funds, right. You know, out there, emerging managers are all having a hard time raising money. So you know, try to see which fund speaks to you um, and you can just google search you know vc fund for you know um, the black community or vc funds for lgbtq right. or you know anything that you're interested in there's probably a fund yes, out there that is so great if you're advice. accredited there are so many ways for you to get involved um, and it's such and a meaningful not, thing to do. if you're not, you even, you know, go to equity crowdfunding, I always say. Yes, you know, Republic. Which helps the, democratize yeah. investing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's really about ownership and just, yes. you know, having this mindset will 
dramatically change your wealth journey and change your career journey, the possibilities are endless. I love that. We're going to end on that note. <laughs> Pocket, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your brilliance, and so happy to get to know you in person. Um, you know, you're iconic in this industry and yet so uh, humble and beautiful and uh, <laughs> such a, a warm person. I'm so happy to have you on the show and thank get to know you. you. Thank you so much, uh, Catherine. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you being uh participating with us today. Be sure to look up SoGal Ventures and of course, follow She Angel Investors. And you can find both Pocket Sun and myself, Catherine Gray on LinkedIn. Make it a great week, everybody. And remember to invest in her. <laughs>